You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State Buckeyes podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Yeah. It is Thursday, September 27th. Matt Hayes, Brandon Bean from 97.1 The Fan here with you every day talking all things Ohio State football. We have a special guest on the line today. One, the great Ari Washman, Ohio State beat writer. Find all of his stuff he covers for The Athletic. Ari, what's good, my man? Hey, what's going on? Not much, man. So we're just getting ready for this big game on Saturday night against Penn State and the Buckeyes. Obviously, you know all about it. This is a big one. Just initially looking at this game, what is the big thing that you're going to be focusing on on Saturday night? Will they win? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Um, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot to see. Um, you know, obviously, you're talking about a Penn State Ohio State game where the top two offenses are scoring more than 50 points a game, and you don't usually see that um, uh, against these two teams. And part of the reason that's the case is because uh, they're meeting so early in the season and they just got done with the cupcake portion of their schedules. But they also, um, you know, have some high-powered guys on both sides, and both teams have some defensive issues. I think Penn State's been pretty bad stopping the run, which is great news for Ohio State. And, of course, Ohio State's had some issues with the linebacker and secondary play. So um, I, I think it's possible that you might see a score like 38 to 31 or 38 35, and there will be kind of a little bit of a different feel than we're used to seeing from an Ohio State Penn State game. So Ari, uh, when you look at the two quarterbacks, I think that's the main story uh, coming in. You got Trace McSorley, three-year starter at Penn State. You have Dwayne Haskins, uh, who is absolutely taking college football by storm in his first four games for Ohio State. When you look at this and the possibility that Dwayne Haskins could leave after this year, you know that Trace McSorley is done. Who do you think this is the bigger legacy game for? Because you look at Trace, a guy who's done so much for Penn State, who just he hasn't gotten them to the college football playoffs. Obviously, that is James Franklin's goal. You know every the goal every year for Urban Meyer in Ohio State is to get back to the college football playoff and try and win a national championship. So who do you think this is a bigger legacy game for with Dwayne being a first-year starter and Trace being a three-year starter for Penn State? Well, if if Dwayne's already defining his legacy four games into his career or five games into his career, then something's going right, I guess. (laughs) Um, I uh, I don't know much about the way that people view McSorley and Penn State. I know that he's kind of made Penn State really good again the last few years, and I know that it's been a while since they've been this good after the scandal and everything. Um, but of course, the expectations at both places are probably a little bit different too. I'm, I don't know if Penn State wakes up every morning, every year, no matter what, and says we have to go to the playoff this year the same way that Ohio State fans do. So um, I think McSorley is what he is. I think people know he's a good player. I think people know that he has helped the Penn State resurgence. What I do think is that people are still waiting to see what Dwayne Haskins is capable of to a full extent in a big game. And he has one really big game against TCU. But if he goes out to Penn State and throws for 325 yards and three touchdowns mm-hmm. and leads Ohio State for a win, I think the city's going to explode. Yeah, I, no mean, I, I don't know. Like, I think that like it's going to take the enthusiasm to a whole new level around the Ohio State football program and its fan base. 
Ohio State beat writer Ari Washman uh, from The Athletic joining us here on the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Go follow him on Twitter at Ari Washman, A-R-I-W-A-S-S-E-R-M-A-N. And Ari, I want to ask you about this pass rush because obviously not having Nick Bosa is a big deal, but you look at some of the guys like Draymond Jones and they get B.B. Landers back. Just some guys that you'll be focused on on this D-line on Saturday night as far as guys you want to see step up in the pass rush category. Well, there's nobody that, that can re- – you can't replace Nick Bosa. Right. Right. I mean, I don't think there's some NFL lines that can replace him. I mean, I'm not – and that's not funny. I mean, he's going to be the number one pick in the draft, or at least the top three pick like his brother was, and already you can see the, the Chargers with how Joey are having a hard time. So, um, you know, that's the thing. He's one of the best players I've ever seen. So um, it's a really, really big hit for Ohio State not to have him. I mean, he's the best player. So – uh, they're going to try to, you know, rely on Draymond Jones, who has been unblockable since uh, Bosa went down. B.B. Um, Landers is returning from an injury that he didn't play with, uh, play in the game last week. He's returning. Um, and then, of course, Chase Young, the sophomore that kind of looks like a nine-year NFL veteran with his body type, is trying to, uh, you know, kind of storm onto the scenes and, and assert himself as one of the best players in the Big Ten as well. So, Ohio State has the best defensive line in the country or had the best defensive line in the country with Nick Bosa. And a large portion of that was because of Nick Bosa, but they are also very deep and uh, at that position. They've got some freshmen too that are going to rotate in. And it seems like they've got a lot of options there to try to be good enough to win a game. They're not going to be as good, of course, but they can still win this football game. Are you heard uh, Urban Meyer speaking, obviously at his press conference when he first came back saying how he's going to kind of fit into that CEO role uh, and just let his offensive coordinators, Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson, do their jobs. Now, we know that uh, I guess the big knock against Urban Meyer would be big game scenarios, third downs. He always goes back to that quarterback run. That's something we haven't seen with Dwayne Haskins in the games. You know, he's not put any focus on running the ball, which I think is excellent. Uh, I think he needs to step back there, be a pocket passer, what he is. But with Urban taking on this new CEO role, do you think that will still be the case if this game is close getting down to the wire in Happy Valley, or do you think he may pull the trigger and uh, dial up some QB runs? I don't think he's going to call QB runs to get out of the jam here because Dwayne Haskins is not as good as, as J.T. Barrett at doing it. So I think people have this idea of, yeah, he's just going to try to run the quarterback and get those tough yards. Well, the reason why they get the tough yards is because Barrett ran really hard and was very good at getting those more yards. And that's not Haskins' strength. And he, he talks over and over and over again excuse me, about putting the players in the right positions based on what their skill sets are. And if he starts running Dwayne Haskins into the offensive line, that means he has no idea what his skill set is. And Urban gets paid a lot of money, and he's a very smart, great coach. He knows that that's not his strength. And I think basically what you've seen on third and shorts and a lot of the stuff that Ohio State's done is, um, you know, they've put the ball in the air in in situations last year where they wouldn't have. And I'm not saying that Haskins isn't going to run. I think part of what makes him dangerous is the fact that he could pull the zone read and pull it and keep it every now and then the way he did in the TCU game that led to the game-winning touchdown. But as far as third and four from the 41-yard line, I don't think you're going to see a hesitation quarterback dive where he just grabs the ball, pretends to pass, and then runs up the middle of the defense. That's not his game, and I don't think Urban Meyer's going to try to make it make it this game. 
Ari Wasserman, Ohio State beat writer for The Athletic, joining us here on the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. And Ari, I want to focus a little bit on the receivers here because you get the veteran guys that return. Austin Mack had the rough game against TCU, did catch a touchdown pass last week. Benjamin Victor also caught a touchdown pass, but hasn't necessarily, you know, come onto the scene like I think some people were hoping that he would. But just looking at the way they've been distributing the football through the first handful of games, do you like that game plan or do you think they should try to lock in on one guy and feed him more? Well, I think the stat is that Ohio State has had 17 different players score touchdowns this year, and they only had 17 total players score the entire year last year. Wow. Um, I think that that's there, or it's 16 or 17. So that's just off the top of my head. Um, you know, I, I think that everybody likes to know uh, that Ohio State has a lot of, of players that can make a play. And I think it makes it harder for opposing defenses to game plan. But, of course, you do want that Michael Thomas-like player. Or if it's third down and eight, and you need eight yards in the fourth quarter in a tie game that you can throw it to that guy, he's going to come down with it. And I don't think Ohio State has that. But what I do think they have is a scheme that allows guys to move before the snap, um, get open, um, easier routes that allow them to get easy catches, and it allows these speedsters to run after the football uh, or after the catch. And that was something that I think that didn't really exist last year with JT. I thought when they completed passes, he completed it to a spot where – the receivers had to stop and made it easier for them to get caught. But now you're seeing Ohio State throwing these drag routes and things where Dwayne Haskins is anticipating where the receiver is going to be and when they're going to be there, and he's throwing it before the breaks on the route. And, you know, it's allowing these guys to catch the ball on the run. And that's Ohio State's receiving core's biggest strength. They're fast. They're faster than most teams that they're going to play. Yeah. And that's why you see Paris Campbell running up the field for 65 yards on the screenplay because the second he gets a yard on somebody, he's gone. So um, I think that it's a, they don't have a go-to guy. I don't think they have a NFL wide receiver on their team that's going to be a great player in the NFL. Maybe Campbell will be a good Curtis Samuel-type player in the NFL, but nothing like Michael Thomas on this team, but they do have talent that can make plays. Sticking with that group, I mean, just how much credit do you think Brian Hartline deserves in this? Because we saw these same group of guys last year not have the same amount of impact, and I get that Dwayne is a large part of that, but just looking at Brian Hartline and what he's been able to do, do you think he deserves a little bit more credit in the public eye for the success of this offense? Well, I'd like to talk to the guy. I mean, Ohio State hasn't, uh, you know, <laughs> made him available yet to the media. So um, I, I don't know. Um, listen, there's a lot that changed this year. I mean, there's a lot. Obviously, Zach's mentally gone. He replaced him. Obviously, JT Barrett's gone. Haskins has replaced him. Uh, Urban Meyer was gone uh, for the entire fall camp and first few weeks of preparation, and now he's back. Uh, but the passing game is different because everything is different. And not just the receivers. I mean, I, if this is the way the receivers were playing um, under last year's game plan or offensive philosophy or the way that they approached things, I would say, holy crap, this is this is really big. This is a big difference. What's the receivers coach doing? But you have an entirely different offensive philosophy right now. You have a different type of quarterback who's throwing the ball into spots that JT could never throw the ball into. So I, I want to give Hartline credit because his position group is playing well. I'm not saying he didn't do anything. But I'm saying when you look at the, the evolution of Ohio State's offensive performances through the air, I think you have to take into account that everything is different and everything has changed for the better. When you look at the Ohio State offensive line, for me, throughout the first four games, 
Uh, it was a an area of concern coming into the year. Uh, you know, you moved Michael Jordan over to center. Isaiah Prince uh, has had his failties at points, but he's looked rock solid. Uh, but this is a game now where you go to absolute hostile environment. It's the most disorienting place I've ever been in my life with all the white. You know that that, that crowd noise is going to be so involved and so in your face for the entire game. What do you think the biggest key point for the offensive line to give Dwayne Haskins his time uh, this Saturday against Penn State? Uh, what is the biggest key for them to do it? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Well, I think Michael Jordan has to snap the ball better. Um, at last game at TCU, he was snapping the ball a little bit low no on a pretty consistent basis. Um, uh, and you have a lot of young players on that team that are kind of stepping into new roles for the first time. Obviously, Michael Jordan is the third-year starter on the offensive line, but he's a first-year starter at center. you got Thayer Munford, who's the first-year starter at, at a tackle position. So, you, I mean, there's some guys who've got uh, – people that need to play well against a very good team. Now, obviously, I, I don't think that uh, Penn State's defensive line is viewed as that great, but um, Ohio State's offensive line certainly is going to be the difference between whether or not Ohio State wins this football game or not. You can say that on both sides of the ball. No doubt. Ari, thanks so much for hopping on with us, man. Go follow him on Twitter again, at Ari Wasserman, Ohio State beat writer for The Athletic. Ari, thanks so much for hopping on today. Really appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem. All right, have a good one. Ari Washman from The Athletic. Before we take a break here, I want to let you know about our friends from MyBookie. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out MyBookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with MyBookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season visit my bookie online today that's my bookie m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and don't forget to use the promo code on college when creating your account to claim up to a thousand dollars in free play you play you win you get paid my bookie this is locked on buckeyes your team every day so beam urban talked a little bit yesterday yeah. and here's urban meyer on the offense must on the offensive side of the ball and how they must be aggressive against the nittany lions you know it can't be three and outs those type of things and uh, every big game like the tcu game it's uh, going to be a field position game so they're at seven years now it's going to be any time a big game it's it's field position take care of the ball and move the chains against the dynamic offense and their defense is really good it's exactly what we talked about yesterday sure it is. this is exactly what we talked about yesterday keeping trace mcsorley on their sideline keep uh continuing to make him drink gatorade over there being because if the more chances you give him yep the more you'll pay going up against this explosive offense who is ranked number one in points per game right now. Ohio State's ranked second in the country in points per game. So we know both sides of the ball offensively are going to be able to create points, but it's going to be that key third and seven, that key fourth and one when Penn State de- decides to go for it. Will the Buckeyes be able to get off the field and give the ball back to Dwayne Haskins? The more times they do that, the more success they're going to have against this offense who you continue to play with fire. Eventually, you're going to get burned on Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. When you just, you have a quarterback like Dwayne Haskins and you have a quarterback like Trace McSorley you know that coming into this game they are the two biggest x factors in the game you you can try to get cute and say man Paris Campbell is going to be a guy the big x factor you look at the x's and o's of it Matt and it all depends on how the quarterbacks play if Dwayne Haskins goes crazy again if he continues to put up numbers like we've seen at Ohio State will have a great chance to win this ball game if Trace McSorley plays on top of his game and all of a sudden has a 70 percent completion percentage game then Penn State has a good chance so when you match these two quarterbacks up I think it comes down to exactly what you just said those big third down plays because the more an offense extends a drive 
towards the end of a game, middle of the game, whatever part of the game, whatever chapter of this book that you're in, you have an offense who is facing a third and six, third and seven. That stadium's electric if Penn State's on defense. Ohio State, you know, can break your back over their knee by getting 15 yards on a crossing route, getting K.J. Hill, Paris Campbell, all these dudes out into space. But listen, Penn State can do the same exact thing. These are big momentum plays on third down, and we know that Trace McSorley is one of the best in the country when it comes to extending plays, getting out of the pocket, yep. either scrambling, making a, making a play with his arm, doing whatever he can to extend a play. So when you look at it, when you break everything down, it literally all is going to fall on the quarterbacks this weekend. I, and, if I agree. The, and if they both have great games and the defenses are, are on their heels yeah. all night, you are going to be in for an absolute Ooh, shootout, man. You're going to be pitting. Don't have like a great T-shirt or anything like that. Oh, or I, even a scarlet I sweat, tee. I sweat during every game. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely rocking them. It's going to be mad. And like you said, I think both these quarterbacks are going to have a chance to make uh, some big plays because of what we've seen from both these defenses, right? Especially where you're talking about the back end yeah. of Ohio State. I mean, that's nothing new for anybody that's been following this team all year long is, to, is the struggles that are happening on the back end. Beam, do you, have you seen what the over-under is for this game? It is 70. It's 70. Incredible. It's the second highest on the board for this weekend. You have West Virginia, Texas Tech at 75 is the highest on the board. This over-under is 70, which tells us exactly what we knew before. Exactly. Is that these defenses can be brittle at times. They can be had. They can be had through the middle. They can be had over the top. Yep. And that's what I'm saying, man. If you have a game, any sort of like what you had last year, you know, you, you flip the clock backs one year yeah. and you go back to that Penn State-Ohio State game, Penn State's offense was moving. Their special teams were doing their thing. Uh, they had, you know, just big, big possessions, and and they were uh, just taking Ohio State to the bank earlier on in the game. And um, you know, now when you look at this game, I think it, it comes down to the exact same thing. It's James Laurinaitis again. He uh, loves us so much. He, really, he just loves looking at us. Ohio through the State glass. Hall of Famer. You know, he's, <laughs> it's like we're in a little fishbowl here at the radio station at ninety-seven point one, the fan in Columbus, Ohio, and James is just walking by. You know. Giving us some uh, some gestures yep, and some friendly gestures. Gotta, gotta love the guy. Gotta love the guy. Even though he was drinking some crazy green. He's drinking kombucha. He's drinking yeah, kombucha like, with like sea algae in it yeah, and all this like, crazy type of probiotics. Well, that's but, why he weighs a buck fifty now. Of course, because he, he doesn't eat good. anything. He does look good, but if you yeah. look at a picture of James during his playing days, sure, look at his neck till now. Then and now, it's a completely different animal. He's killing it on Big Ten Network and obviously here on the Fan Bishop and Learn Nice. You can catch him every day from ten to noon right here on your home of the Buckeyes, ninety-seven point one, the Fan. But just getting back to this over under. I think you made a great point, Bean, because this lets you know that Vegas believes this is going to be a shootout. And like mm -hmm. you said, these defenses can be had at certain points throughout games. It's going to be for me, how many 20-plus yard plays does a defense give up? Like If you're talking about four or five a game, you're going to be in trouble. Either defense. Both either, sides. Either defense. Yeah. Like 20-yard plus gains for me is going to be a big thing for Ohio State and Penn State in this game. We talked about getting Trace McSorley off the field, and one guy that you and I have been keying on since you know uh, Nick Bosa won't be around for a while is Draymond Jones, and here's Urban on him. I love Draymond, the way he's grown up, the way he plays. Uh, him and Coach Jay obviously work well together. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a dynamic guy, and uh, we need him. And, uh, we need everybody at full speed for this one, and he's got to be a uh, a dominator in this game. We need him. Uh, he needs to be a dominator. This is a guy that yep. we know is an NFL caliber player. Of course. Like we said early in the week. Let's see. Let's see it. I know what's in there. But let's see when somebody's really focusing on you, how are you going to step up and make plays? And I really just believe being that pass rush right in the middle of a quarterback's face is just so valuable at any level. At any level. Because those guys, 
can easily step up in the pocket and make plays that way. But you make those guys kind of go out and go east and west instead of standing in there and being comfortable and chilling in the pocket. It's going to be a long day no matter what quarterback you're playing, especially a guy of Trace McSorley's caliber. So, no, I think Draymond Jones, for me, I'm going to have my eyes locked in on that guard-center guard combination of Penn State. And let's see what B.B. Landers and Draymond Jones can do inside of pushing the pocket back and making Trace McSorley bail out of there because you make him do that – that's where I think you can have some success. But we also talked about on the flip side of that, that can get dangerous because if he does break out outside sure. of those tackles, where's, he's a good improviser. Exactly. You don't want your DBs covering for five to seven seconds because that's almost nearly impossible. So that Wait, pass for the rush, whole game, you just can't do it. You can't do it. So the pass rush up the middle from Draymond Jones is going to be a big thing uh, this week. This guy's going to be playing on Sundays. I can't wait to see him step up for to the challenge this week. I don't know if anyone has done themselves a favor by coming back to school more than Draymond Jones did. I remember last year when he announced he was coming back, I was kind of surprised by that, Maddie, because this was a guy uh, who probably would have gone you know, late in the third round, early fourth round kind of a guy. Uh, but now he comes back and you see uh, what he's been doing on this defensive line. His body looks right, man. He looks great coming off of the ball. And uh, he's just, he's an absolute wrecking ball. And it's just, it, it really is amazing how the the technique that Larry Johnson teaches, and I preach this on the, on the show all the time, is that he is unbelievable at his job. This is why you see Ohio State continue their defensive line play the way that they have, because you get, you know, you get true freshmen in here, Maddie. Uh, that come in and they're absolutely physically dominant specimens. Right. So you get those kind of guys, you get those athletes uh, who you know can know you know that they can play the position. But when you have a coach like Larry Johnson who can coach them up and just teach them all the techniques in the world and teach them about flipping their hips at the right time and yeah. coming off the ball and everything like so much attention to detail with every single defensive lineman at Ohio State for the past uh, however many years that he's been here. It's been the strong suit of this team every single year. And when you look at a guy like Draymond Jones, uh, who comes back and was really uh, the third option, Hmm. you know, coming into this year, you looked, all right, Chase Young, Nick Bosa, those are your one and two. Those are your pass rushers. But don't forget about a nasty three technique like Draymond Jones, who can flip to the outside. They can run some stunts and maybe throw Chase Young on the inside. They can flip him to the outside, run a little bit of a Viper defense, uh, Joker defense where you're lining up. You're not even getting set. You can cause some havoc. So I do. I think the – and we talked to Ari, you know, of the uh, the athletic Ohio State beat writer, Ari Wasserman, and he said that same thing, that I truly believe, Maddie, uh, we can talk about secondaries and all we want. Uh, we know that the quarterbacks are going to be the biggest factor in the game, yep. but when you look at the trench play for both sides, Ohio State's offensive line against Penn State's defensive line, and then how can Penn State handle Ohio State's defensive line? It's just going to be fun, man. It's going to be, gonna be a, it's going to be, it's going to be a fantastic game, and I, I can't wait until Saturday gets here. Me either, man. I thought BTN did a great job last week showing the pregame stuff with Larry Johnson working um, with all of the defensive linemen right there in the south end zone, all the stuff they do pregame, working on their hands and all that stuff. I mean, all that stuff is really important. So I'm glad that you brought him up because this is a guy that's going back, going back to Penn State. Sure. So you don't want to think, Homecoming. you don't think he's going to want his guys to have a big day. Those guys are going to be fired up. Another Bosa walk off sack. Well, well, I mean, I know it's not going to be. Can we Bosa, get like a but... Chase Young? That would be incredible. They've got the guys. They, they have the, the guys to yeah. do it. But like Ari said. You lost the best player in the country, right? So that's a huge, huge deal. But that's why Ohio State recruits at a high level. And you got these young guys, your Tyler Fridays, your Tariq Smith, mm-hmm. all those guys that we've heard the coaches talk Haskell about. Garrett. We I get, like a Haskell Garrett. I mean, he's got the, his little tribal tat going yeah, on. Beautiful. It, it looks good. Bishop Gorman High School, right? Same as uh, Tate Martell. Of course he is. And speaking of Tate Martell, here's Urban on the backup quarterback. Competitive guy and uh, a guy that wants to play and what you want him. And, uh, you know, dynamic athlete, kind of a 
cowboy out there a little bit, you know, when he uh, runs around. But he's just trying to make a play competitive and, and uh, very talented. Yeah. Kind of a cowboy. The cowboy. Out there. Tate Martell, look, I don't think we'll see much of him, but Beam, you look at the schedule, then after Penn State, I think there will be time for him to be groomed. And like we've always said, he's got to mm-hmm. be ready. Yeah. It's just when you have Dwayne, you want him out there as much as possible. So who knows? If if Dwayne does go down for some reason, I feel good about Tate coming in and being able to use his legs. I right don't now. feel as good as Dwayne. Of course you don't. No doubt. Because of the arm right now, I still think is a bit of a weakness for Tate, but that's going to come with time. What he does well is he runs the ball really well, and that's going to be a valuable thing for Ohio State moving forward. We'll take a quick break here, but before we do that and talk about the running game for Ohio State, here's Beam with a message from our folks from FanDuel. You know, I've been telling you about FanDuel a lot, Maddie. I told you uh, one of my good buddies just won over $750 uh, a couple weekends ago playing in the daily fantasy games that FanDuel operates with. They've brought a couple new playing styles for you, a couple new features for FanDuel for this year. Let me tell you about one of them right now, the Guru Tool. It's a new tool that makes building smarter lineups simple for fans for all skill levels so players can be confident that you're putting the best team out on the field this is a sponsored wizard like draft experience that makes recommendations and provides tips as your draft on on your draft based on who you are picking it's a great tool uh, i've told you this week who i like you can get them not on the cheap but uh not the most expensive player on the board i'd imagine that would have to be one alvin Kamara because mm. that dude is absolutely nuts, nuts what he's doing Bananas. at new orleans but a guy who i like this week el guapo former ohio state buckeye carlos hyde what? going up against the oakland raiders i think john gruden may get off to an 0-4 start and i think the brownies may win two games in a row so check out our guys at fanduel wow. I think Carlos Hyde is the play this weekend. I love the hot takes. You are locked on Buckeyes. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. So Buckeye fans got a little bit of a scare last week at home when Mike Weber walked off the yeah. field a little banged up. Yep. He is going to play in this game. How much he'll play, that's yet to be seen. But we've had evidence over the la- over the beginning of the season here being to where um, they're going to ride the hot hand, and I'm and I'm okay with that. When you look at the TCU game, J- too, J.K. Dobbins was the guy, and those guys are going to be valuable. As we get later into the season, the weather gets cold. You want to be able to weigh on defenses in games and late in games. Dwayne doesn't have to do anything. Let's throw the hammers out there and really uh, punish defenses, and I think they're going to have the ability to do that. So I really – we know how great Dwayne is, Bean, but I think – They'll be able to – we talked about the defense in three and outs and keeping Trace McSorley on the sideline. You can also do that by continuing to move the change with sure. the running game and eating up clock, and I think that's going to be a valuable thing uh, this Saturday. Here's Urban Meyer on establishing the run this Saturday. We're an offense line-driven program. You've heard that before. And when they're on, we win, and uh, they have to be on. And they've been on. And they've been on. They passed every test they so They passed far. every test, and this is another big, big test for them. Beam, how important do you think the running game is going to be Saturday night? Well, it's huge. When Dwayne Haskins is the focus of this offense, Maddie, and we've seen it through the first four games, is that uh, you know this is a pass-first offense now. And I think this is what has Ohio State fans the most excited, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you know in the back of your mind if Dwayne is having an off night, you can still win without him. You still have two dudes in the backfield with Mike Weber and J.K. Dobbins and an offensive line that can still bully people around, man. So I think uh, it's going to be so imperative because we've spoken on this so many times before, but you allow yourself to start get a run game going. It opens up the pass. It opens up over-the-top stuff. Uh, for Dwayne, uh, you start out passing and it opens up the run game. And I think that's what makes this offense so dangerous is not only Dwayne Haskins and the pass catchers that Ohio State has, but don't forget about those two dudes in the backfield that yeah. Ohio State yeah. has. Yeah. Uh, it's just they are unbelievable workhorses. And I think the best thing about this offense is is you can win in multiple ways. You can win. You can win by punishing 
punishing people on the ground. You can split carries. You can split series with Mike Weber, J.K. Dobbins, keep them fresh the entire game. You can put them both in the backfield at right. the same time, c- come up with some uh, you know crazy stuff out of the backfield. Or you can have Dwayne Haskins sit back and pick people apart. And I think if one isn't going, you can go to the other one. And yeah. I think it's almost impossible for a defense to stop all portions of Ohio State if of Ohio State's game. And if you manage to do that, <laughs> if you manage to stop number seven, if you manage to stop the pass catchers, and you manage to stop J.K. Dobbins and Mike Weber, then yeah. damn it, you deserve to win the game. I agree. And it's kind of a pick-your-poison offense with the way it's been looking so yeah. far, right? So if you want to stack the box, good luck. Because Go then ahead. you got to do it with Dwayne yeah. and Haskins. If you want to soften up the box, then these running backs can just run it down your throat. Penn State, I just looked this up, beam, 88th in the country in run defense right now. No, they so, allowed 280 yards, I believe, against Illinois. There you go. So that's the yeah. weakness for Penn State. You have to be able to do that and just run the clock out and keep their quarterback um, from stepping on the field. I wanted to bring this up, and I thought this was interesting from Urban yesterday. I saw this on Twitter that he said Demario McCall plays both running back Ooh. and H-back. Here's the quote. He's going to be involved in this game plan, Ooh. I think. So he did I think. He did cap it with the I think. But, Beam, he's always been a guy I think Buckeye fans have been fascinated with because sure. when he has gotten into the games, and I know a lot of that has been garbage time stuff, but he looks electric, right? You talk about Dontre Wilson being here, and he kind of stepped into that role as a guy that you looked at and said, man, it's there. Just get him going. Just get him going. With yeah. Dontre, it was a lot of the injury stuff. With Demario McCall, he's run into some injuries as well. I don't know early in his career, Urban wanted to put some more mass on him, getting him in the weight room and doing all that stuff but beam it's going to be interesting to see if they do really want to establish the run is demario mccall a guy that's going to get some tick in this game the talent is there it's just going to be opportunity and availability with jk and mike and all that how that's going to work but i like this idea of possibly having another guy that can bleed the clock out offensively for you that way if they do focus in on the tailbacks in the backfield you got a guy that can get those jet sweeps and those quick touch passes coming around the edge to do some damage yeah i think when you unleash weapon x and demario mccall it's got to be at the right time and place in the game and and, you know, I'm not so sure, Maddie, if it's going to be a third and three and an imperative third down play that I would want DeMario McCall touching the ball. You've sure. seen him on punt returns. You've seen him uh, not catch not catch punt returns. You've seen him fumble, uh, a little bit of a fumbling issue. So I think that, you know, if, if you want to get him involved, I'm all for it because you know that he is an electric playmaker. I just don't know how steady he is in actually sure. taking care of the ball. And that's going to be another big key is turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Do not give the ball away. And I think that, you know, with with obviously great treasure comes great, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, with, with great risk comes great reward. There you go. There we go. That's what I was looking for. And I think that, yeah, he has the ability to bust defenses loose. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. You look at this guy, you've seen what he's done in limited time, and yes, absolutely, he's an electric factory when he gets the ball and he gets into open space. But the key thing is that does Urban Meyer, does the offensive staff trust him enough yep. in a big game moment to unleash that weapon. I don't know. That's it, and that's going to be a big, big deal. I've always been fascinated with him, but you've got enough weapons where it's not necessarily a need. I just right. think it's a wrinkle that could go in your favor because I don't know how sure. much Penn State's going to be focused on uh, DeMario McCall. So that's going to do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow. Oh my. We'll do picks. We'll obviously hone in more on this one game. One day away tomorrow. All of that will be one day away from another fantastic college football slate outside of the Penn State-Ohio State game. It's a, it's a good week uh, for college football fans. So Brandon Beam, Matt Hayes, 97.1 The Fan. We will be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked on Buckeyes podcast.